The Rams win their debut, McVay beats his mentor, and John Gruden would like a Khalil Mack trade mulligan. This is Inside the Rams. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. We've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. Hello and welcome to Inside the Rams, brought to you by the Southern California News Group. I'm your host, Ryan Karchi, coming at you the morning after the Rams started off slow before absolutely rolling over the Raiders in their Monday night debut, 33-13. Joining me to discuss every angle of the Rams' win, including the loose skunk postgame, uh, is Rams beat writer Rich Hammond. Rich, have you burned all of your clothes yet? It was absolutely disgusting, right? I mean, just to set the table, we went down to the to the locker room. Uh, most of most of it was, you know, fairly pleasant smelling as far as locker rooms go. Um, and then Jared Goff was the last one to talk, and as he talked, it was just like this stench just just permeated the entire area. And and they said it was a skunk. I I live where there are occasionally skunks. That was not a skunk. If, if it was a skunk, it was it was ill. There was something wrong with it. Um, so it, it just was absolutely, it was disgusting. But in a way, we figured, you know, this is probably the last trip to Oakland unless they end up there for a preseason game. And really, it was just the perfect send-off to, to a game at the Oakland Coliseum was just to have to leave basically holding your breath uh, so that you didn't vomit. I hear that's what's left over when a franchise trades away their best player for basically no reason. It's just that's yeah, I think John. I think John Gruden had to, to hold his breath so he didn't vomit uh, for for a lot of that game. So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into more of that. But uh, oh boy, yeah. Wait. So this. So just to clarify, before we move on to the actual game, this was yes. during the post game press conference. Like Jared Goff smelled this. Oh yeah, yeah. There's okay. no question that he did. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, while we were. During the very professional uh, press conference in the Oakland A's visiting weight room, oh. uh, and, and during during Sean McVay's press conference, a photographer like stepped on some piece of equipment and turned it on. So if you if you listen to Sean McVay's press conference and you hear a vague like kind of whirling in the background, it's because a photographer set off some some equipment in the weight room. So it, it's it really is quite an experience to uh, to cover a game at the Oakland Coliseum. I was gonna say, glad you glad you got that experience in before they moved to Vegas, where everything is always, you know, uh, straightforward and easy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Rich, I, I know you're you're driving from Oakland right now. That's yes. correct. Yes. What? Uh, Quickly, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, how- not at the moment, but just to, in case the California Highway Patrol is listening, I, I am stopped at the moment, so I, I'm not technically driving, but I'm halfway home. So you just hate airports. Uh, who wouldn't? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's really. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine if anybody out there, you know, enjoys spending their free time in TSA lines. I, I, you know, like to talk to you about that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I it's, you know, when you travel as much as we do for work, um, anytime I think you can avoid an airport or avoid, you know, people coughing on an airplane, uh, it tends to be my my default mode. So nice drive. Anybody, you know, those of us live in California, the drive up the 101. Uh, it's not a bad way to spend a day when it's a nice day. So uh, just make a, a nice leisurely trip home and not, not be stressed out by an airport. It's weird. I've only had quick, pleasant experiences with LAX. Right. Coincidence, I guess. Right. 
I, I figure, yeah, it's it's an hour flight home, and by the time you sit on the tarmac for 45 minutes and wait for your gate, um, and then go get your car, it's pretty much the same as driving home. So that's how I look at it. So, Rich, let's uh, now that we've covered the air travel and stench-related uh, news from the game, uh, yes. what's your overall impression? I mean, I think we, you know, we saw the Rams. Like I said, they started slow. Uh, it was 13-10 and a close game for you know most of that first half and into the second, and then everything turned. It seemed. What what was your what did you make from from seeing that switch? I guess. Yeah, I think I softened on it a little bit after the game. You know, maybe late last night or when I woke up this morning, thought about it. I, uh, you know, I, I think I was you know kind of pr- pretty critical in, in some Twitter comments or maybe even the first story that I wrote. Um, but you know, it's it's a first game, and, and maybe we underestimated, or maybe I did at least the, the the thought that you know the Rams didn't know a lot about what the Raiders were going to do. I mean, John Gruden was a pretty blank slate. He hadn't coached a game in ten years, so even though you know he and uh, McVay are really tight, uh, the Rams really didn't know what they were what they were going to face. Uh, Akeem Talib said it pretty well. He said the first half was just kind of freestyle. You know, you really weren't going off of any kind of game plan or any type of real tape. Um, so maybe a little tougher on that end than, than we might have anticipated. But boy, that second half defense, uh, you know, we, we saw it last year, you know, when, when they came out, they weren't always at their best in the first half. And then whatever magic that they work in there at halftime, uh, they, they came out looking like a completely different defense in the second half. Uh, just an excellent all-around effort. And uh, the offense, it got there. Uh, I, I was less enamored with the offense, less enamored with the play calling. Uh, didn't think Jared was all of that great, although I think he made some, some nice throws, some nice plays uh, during the game. But but overall, I, I don't think he was as sharp as, as maybe you might, uh, might want. But you know what? In the end, you look at it and you say all of that, and, and they end up with a 20-point win on the road in week one. So <laughs> even though they weren't at their best, uh, they, they still end up with a blowout win. So so that's, that says a lot about this team, I think. I do think it's a, a legitimate point, just the, the fact that they didn't have any film on Gruden and they didn't really, like you said, have any idea uh, what they wanted to or what they should expect. So yeah. in, in some ways, we almost underestimated John Gruden uh, when it came to that, just because, I mean, he's a smart guy. There was a reason he was a successful coach at one point. Um, and clearly he you know had some new wrinkles that were things that the Rams might not have seen from any of the, you know, 2008 or earlier tape uh, from Gruden. The league has changed a lot since then. But, you know, I think I think it's always the best gauge of coaching how a team comes out in that third quarter. And the Rams, ever since the McVay era began, that, that's kind of been their calling card, right? So especially defensively, it seemed like for a while in that game, uh, John Gruden was out coaching Wade Phillips. Uh, it seemed yeah. he... You know, they, they kept the receivers pretty much out of the game, but Jared Cook absolutely torched the Rams through the middle of the field. And I definitely think we saw some things, you know, from that Rams defense going forward, which which might give us an idea of where, you know, future opponents will attack, whether it's the, the underneath routes in the middle of the field where you have to rely on a guy like Corey Littleton in coverage, or whether it's, you know... E- even just scheming against and keeping those corners out of the game, it seemed like the quick passes that John Gruden was using, especially early on, were working against the Rams. But all that said, still, the Rams looked dominant in that second half. I'm not sure you can really criticize that much coming out of this. 
No, the second half, I mean, you'd, you'd be absolutely nitpicking. I, I agree with everything you said, by the way. I, I thought it was a really good game plan by John Gruden. They, they attacked that Rams defense the way that it's going to need to be attacked, um, and that is by trying to get some mismatches on linebackers, uh, by getting rid of the ball quickly, you know, trying to run the ball. So Gruden did everything that you should try to do against this Rams defense and, and had some success in the first half. But like you said, that, that second half, I mean, I, I you know, when I, when I do complete my drive here, um, I fully intend to go back and, and watch it uh, again because I it, to, to find any flaws with that second half I, I think would be very, very difficult. Uh, you know, even the, the, the play calling, like I said, I was you know somewhat critical of it during the first half, but uh, they really got back on track with, with Todd Gurley. Uh, Jared looked better. Um, you know, Johnny Hacker had a couple of great punts there, one that pinned them back inside their own 10. Um, so really all around Greg Zerline, 55-yard field goal, so you look at it across the board. Um, and, and they really came out in the second half and, and looked like the Rams that we thought they were going to be, you know, in, in the first half. So if that's the way they can play, if they can sustain that and carry that over to Arizona, then, oh boy, you know, that, that could be quite a game. Yeah, Greg Zerline hit that kick from second base, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he really did. That's not an exaggeration. Yeah, it's, Even it's, more it's impressive. deep in the hole, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into the offense, because I think there's a lot to break down there, uh, the defense, obviously, this is the first time we got to see the entire unit play one full game. And while guys like Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald, their presence were felt, they, they didn't exactly you know, leap off the screen. They weren't totally dominant. Uh, one guy who I, I think and I thought was totally dominant in the game and I think might be a sign of where this defense is going, if indeed they do uh, have to defend the middle against tight ends, John Johnson, I thought, was incredible. Uh, he clearly has shown he's – I think he's taken a step forward even since last season. Uh, that interception that he had was incredibly athletic. I thought he was great in run defense. I, I I really thought he was the MVP of the defense last night. And it seems like, you know, like I said, if teams are going to try to attack the Rams by staying away from their cornerbacks, someone like John Johnson is going to play a huge role going forward. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it was it was one of the corners. I think it was Marcus Peters in training camp who, who said, "Hey, that that, that guy's going to be a Pro Bowler." Talking about John Johnson, you kind of like, "Wow, that's that's a teammate," you know, hyping a teammate. But yeah, I, I agree. You know, he had a he had a great game. That that interception. I mean, people need to go back and and watch how good of a play that was. I mean, he looked like a cornerback, you know, making a play on that ball. Like it, it was completely natural uh, to to him to to defend that that pass and, and to make the play on the ball. That he did. That was that was an excellent play. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to jump on the bandwagon, but I mean, he's 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 come along. I mean, I've been a fan of his since since last season. You know, he, he didn't start all that fast. Um, you know, they, they kind of let him play his way and, and find his way into a role, and eventually he did as a, as a starter about halfway through the season. And you know, didn't get a lot of attention, but just really solid as a rookie. And uh, I think, again, like you just said, has is, is taken a step forward, just plays with a lot more confidence, uh, very smart player, you know, doesn't doesn't take any unnecessary risks, but uh, good fundamentals. And I, I think just a really solid safety. I mean, I think that's somebody you can count on for, for a long time. So I totally agree. You know, you didn't see the, the players you expected to kind of flash, uh, re- really didn't on defense, but it, it was those kind of guys who – uh, really stepped up and, and particularly particularly in the second half uh, made those plays. So yeah, very, very impressive by John Johnson. 
the fact that we didn't see Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib through a lot of that game, especially you know in the downfield passing game, I think was a testament to how well they played. I mean, you just right. look at the total number of receptions that the Raiders receivers had. Five. Five receptions of 29 completions uh, from Derek Carr. That's pretty impressive. And we saw what happened at the end of the game when Derek Carr did try to go to his receivers. Marcus Peters right. takes one to the house. Um, which, quick shout out to him. Him diving into the end zone and grabbing his crotch like he we, he did. Just fantastic. What a cap to the That game. might have been an expensive celebration. We'll have to find out later on today. I think Marshawn got like ten or $11,000 the last time he did that. So, uh, so anyway. All right, Rams uh, fans, sounds like you need a, a, sounds like we need a crowdfund this. Let's, uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. The good people of Oakland will uh, we'll support their hometown boy. So, uh, offensively, uh, like you alluded to earlier, I thought there were, were a few things that weren't necessarily perfect. Uh, and that can be expected, just being yeah. week one, uh, going up a, against a defense that, you know, while they don't have Khalil Mack, it's not a defense totally bereft of talent. Uh, right. But it one unit to me that just stood out regardless was the, the offensive line. I thought their performance was... Pretty much fantastic. I mean, I, I don't. Derek Goff was sacked one time, right? It was that yeah. Bruce Irvin strip sack. Yeah, that was on Jared Goff. Honestly, at that point, he had a chance to get rid of that ball, yeah. uh, and he didn't. But the offensive line, to me, just really stepped in where they left off last year. And Austin Blythe, I, I don't know, he might be better than Jamon Brown the way it looked. I was watching him for a decent amount of the game yesterday, and yeah. that whole unit seemed to be playing. You know, as well or even better than we would have expected. Yeah, I, I saw no drop off whatsoever. Yeah, in terms of, of Austin Blythe, and you, you you were curious about that probably because you know, like the rest of the offense, they never played together. Um, you know, in the preseason, I know I'm sure I, you know, you and I talked about it at some point. I kept wondering, like, when are they going to put Blythe in? When? Because even during training camp practices, they never put him in with the first team. It was always Jamon, and I kind of thought, what are they waiting for? They need to get this guy in there, but. I, you know, I guess that's why I'm writing about the games and they're coaching them because <laughs> they, they must have known all along that, that they could plug that guy in and, and that he would be just fine because he, he absolutely was. Uh, I agree 100%. I, I can I find no flaws with, with what they did. I will be curious. I just I don't know about that Raiders defense. Uh, they, they just couldn't seem to generate any kind of pass rush. I, I know they still have some good players. I just kind of wondered, you know, like, boy, how much did losing Khalil Mack just just really hurt that defense? So I, I, I enthusiastically, uh, you know, endorse what they did, what that offensive line did. But but I will be curious to see, um, you know, what happens when when they play a little bit more of a, a fierce uh, blitz rush. One of the one of my favorite plays from last night was that Goff pump fake, uh, in which Arden, Arden Key, the Raiders pass rusher. Looked like he had him dead to rights, and Goff just threw him off so hard on a pump fake. Uh, Khalil Mack wouldn't have made that mistake, I think. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, I love that play. That's a really underrated play, and I, I don't even know how Jared did it. I mean, that was just full speed, you know, and, and just absolutely perfectly executed. That might have been, I, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, non-throws or whatever, that might have been one of the most impressive plays that we've seen from Jared Goff in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. And speaking of Goff, uh, 
it seems to me from the offensive perspective that he maybe had the most questionable game. Now you look at you look at his stat line, 18 to 33, 233 yards, two TDs, 97 passer rating. Pretty solid, I mean, all around. But it, it seemed like he was missing throws. I mean, wh- what was your perspective being there uh, watching him from start to finish? Yeah, I, I, I don't uh, ding him so much for the, for the deep throws. I mean, they, they took sure. a handful of, of shots just really deep down the field, you know, mostly to Brandon Cooks, and, and they were close. I mean, it was you know a half step, and, and Brandon would have, would have gotten to one of those. And uh, we might have felt a little bit different about Jared's game. But the thing that uh, kind of concerned me about his game was just he tried to force some throws that just weren't there. And uh, that was the one thing you could say about Jared Goff last year is that he wasn't always dynamic. He wasn't always, you know, lighting it up back there. But but he was really smart with the ball and he didn't take a lot of chances or, or force a lot of throws. And and I know the, the caveat to that is I, I know they want him to be a little more aggressive. They want him to, to feel more confident, try to try to put the ball through through narrow lanes and, and find guys and and he did that a couple of times, but there were a couple of throws there where you just kind of cringed and went, ooh, what are you doing with that ball? Like the one that uh, there was a third down in, in the red zone there, and uh, he, he just tried to force it to Cooper Cup, who, you know, arguably was triple covered. <laughs> I need to go back and look at it, but I certainly saw three defenders um, in the in the vicinity, whereas Tyler Higby was a little bit open in the, in the middle of the field if he had taken a peek. Um, to his right, but but Jared seemed to kind of want to force that in to, to Cooper Cup. So that was the thing that concerned me a little bit, not so much being off on some of the deep throws or, or the strip sack or whatever. It's just that you know, first and foremost, within that offense, he needs to be a guy who takes care of the ball um, and, and doesn't make bad decisions, doesn't you know try to force unnecessary throws. And uh, I saw that pop up a couple times. You know, willing to write it off as just kind of a first game. He was a little bit rusty, maybe uh, facing a full speed defense for the first time. But uh, for me, it's it's something to keep an eye on. Maybe maybe in the next game. Yeah, I you mentioned the uh, the connection between him and Cooks. I thought that was one of the things offensively that I'd be most happy with if I was a Rams fan coming out of this. Clearly, yeah. they have a great rapport, uh, yeah. and Brandon Cooks showed you what he can do, even when he didn't catch the ball down the field. He draws two defensive pass interference penalties, one of which he sold just so incredibly well. It's, it was clearly not going to be a penalty, but he just threw his arms up, almost under hooking it underneath the, his defender's arm, uh, yeah, just perfectly selling it. So it seems to me like that connection is already stronger than uh, Sammy Watkins and Jared Goff were by the end of the season. Granted, this is this is just one game, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from Brandon Cooks. The, the one interesting thing, and we talked a little bit about this wrinkle you know, before the season, just given what they did with Tavon Austin last year, but they let all of the wide receivers carry the ball on the, that jet motion sweep. What do you think of that, just generally? Do you think that's something we may see the rest of the season here, all three of those guys involved? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this gets a little bit to, to the play calling, and, and, I get a, and I might need a little more time to, to kind of think this through or maybe even ask Sean about it, but I think Sean wanted to put a lot out there. You know, I, I think he wanted to just throw that out there for every, you know, the rest of the 15 defensive coordinators or whatever it is that, that he's going to face uh, to, to give them new things to worry about, to be like, oh, man, now he's got this up the sleeve uh, that he can throw at us. But I, I wonder if he didn't swing a little bit too far 
of course it ends up working out fine. Uh, but and I wonder, as I was watching it, okay, is he is he trying to get a little too cute here with showing off all of his new formations and his new plays and his new jet sweeps and all that? And uh, maybe got a little too far away from, from just the fundamentals of, of what makes that offense work. Um, but in the end, it worked out, right? I mean, he got back to talking early in the second half. Uh, they put up whatever it is, 22 unanswered points uh, and win the game going away. And he was able to accomplish what he was probably trying to accomplish, which now he's got, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and the, and the Chargers looking at this game tape going, oh, man, now they're doing this stuff that we have to worry about. So I, I think I understand what John was trying to do there. And uh, I, I do think that'll, that will remain uh, a part of their offense. But, uh, but it was just it, it felt a little bit forced maybe for me in the first half. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on, in terms of Todd Gurley touches. It, and it's interesting because that's been something with McVay that we've, we've criticized before. He, yeah. you know, he, he clearly has a passing background. I mean, he's, he's been known to get a little pass-happy at times. And you know, maybe the game is a little bit more in their control in the first half uh, if they give Todd Gurley 11 carries as opposed to five. It's possible. Right. Uh, right. That said, Todd Gurley still did end up with 23 touches, for uh, let's see, what is it? 147 yards and a touchdown. So, a pretty standard Todd Gurley line uh, at this point. But it seemed to me that uh, this game was really just decided ultimately by the Raiders' mistakes and by the Rams' yeah. defense in the second half. And how much you want to blame the Raiders versus credit the Rams is is up to you. But you know, three turnovers forced by that Rams defense. That was ultimately what Wade Phillips and what Sean McVay talked about being able to do in the offseason. They wanted to be able to create more turnovers. And now they have the defense, it seems like, that is able to do it. I mean, you're even on a day when your pass rush wasn't necessarily making a you know, huge headway, uh, Aaron Donald and Domkins, who generally kept in check, uh, you still force three turnovers. Uh, I just think, you know, granted, you're not going to get Derek Carr lofting up a 500 ball uh, into, right. the, into the flat like he did in that game, which is, again, one of the most bizarre interceptions I've ever seen. But uh, but I, I do think this defense is going to be able to create turnovers at a, a clip better than last year's. And Sean McVay has said it before, turnovers are the best indication of a winning team. Uh, if you win the turnover margin, chances are you will be a winning team. Seems like the Rams might destroy the turnover margin this year, just judging by earlier early returns. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this is another thing I'll be curious about to kind of rewatch the, the tape. Yeah, I mean, we say it, and I agree 100%. You know, the, the defensive linemen didn't necessarily flash in, in a way that we might think. You know, they didn't get five, six sacks. But I have a feeling, maybe when I go back and, and rewatch it, that maybe there's a little bit of underrated pressure there. There were a handful of holding penalties, too. I, I don't know how many sure. uh, total in the game. but uh, so, so there was an impact there. I know easily drew one. Aaron drew one. Uh, there had to be a couple others. Um, I think uh, Samson drew one. So I, I think there was some low-key pressure there that maybe got uh, you know buried a little bit because of, of penalties. But the other thing is, you know, I, I think it was in Derek Carr's head, and and this could be something that that we need to think about too. Is is just the, the threat of, of that pass rush? I, I think maybe can can get in a quarterback's head a little bit. I mean, the fans there were booing Derek Carr, and and even before the interceptions, because there were a couple times when he just kind of he had a little bit of time, and he just kind of lofted it to the side. 
minutes because he went, you know what? Nobody's open. I've got these two guys about to, you know, knock me into the turf. I, I think I'm just going to float this ball away. And uh, and the fans didn't like it. Uh, I don't know what they expected him to do necessarily. <laughs> uh, he was either going to take a sack or throw an interception. Yeah, uh, but, you but take I, that I hit, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, but I, I, I think that's something that can just kind of mentally, you know, maybe weigh on a quarterback, just the threat of those guys being there. Um, so I, I'd be curious to see, you know, how much uh, how much pass rush they really did get and uh, how much holding there was. And, uh, you know, to, Aaron Donald said he wasn't happy with this game uh, when I talked to him after the game. So he, he thought he could have had a much bigger impact. Um, I tend to agree, and uh, I tend to think that uh, in, in weeks two and three, you'll probably see uh, a much stronger Aaron Donald. Yeah, they definitely had an impact. I, I think it's, you know, to some degree, it's it's hard to judge them just because the Raiders, you know, made made it such a priority to get rid of the ball as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, clearly, that when you do that, you have to rely on your quarterback to make those throws, which, you know, Derek yeah. Carr didn't always do, but... Uh, I really think we're going to see more of that uh, throughout the season, and I think a more capable quarterback will be able to give the Rams a little bit more trouble. But, but yeah, I, I agree with Aaron Donald's assessment in that we didn't necessarily see him as much as we're used to, even when guys are double-teaming him. Uh, the one guy I saw the most was Michael Brockers, honestly. Uh, I thought he looked pretty pretty great in, uh, in his defensive end spot. But uh, the other part of the defense I wanted to ask you about before we – uh, move on to next week uh, is the linebackers. I know we talked a little bit about them, but uh, Dominique Easley, a little bit of a surprise that he has already ascended to first team outside linebacker, uh, given that he just started playing the position a couple weeks ago. Uh, any thoughts on, on what you saw from him in, in those few snaps that you did see? Yeah, it looked good. Um, I, and as I knew, I know he threw one of those uh, holding penalties. I remember it distinctly. I remember seeing them come around the edge and just get held really, really bad. So probably would have had a sack on that play because mm-hmm. I think he was coming blindside. Um, so probably would have had a sack there if not for a really uh, blatant hold by, by Colton Miller, I think it was. So um, good, heavy rotation there. I, I, don't, I haven't looked at the snap chart, uh, but, but every time I looked up, they, they were either rotating in uh, Longacre or Franklin Myers, or I saw Lawler in there at one point. So, um, you know, easily gets the start. I, I'm sure maybe that was a little symbolic too, just, you know, kind of a nod from the coaches to say, hey, you know, you worked really, really hard to get yourself back to this point. And uh, I'm sure that meant a lot to him to, to be able to start that game after, you know, a year after tearing up his knee. Uh, but but I, I like what I saw in, in, brief, uh, in brief spurts there. I think he was able to turn that corner uh, and, and get some pressure on the quarterback in, in that stand-up role. So uh, I can only imagine we'll, we'll see that continue uh, to expand and, and maybe, you know, maybe he starts to win the majority uh, of the snaps there. But for now, wasn't really surprised to see kind of that heavy rotation uh, kind of like we saw throughout training camp. He is a former first-round pick, so yeah. uh, he has the talent. We've seen him excel as a pass rusher before. On the outside, we haven't seen yet, but seems like he's doing pretty well to start, uh, assuming he can stay healthy. Uh, yeah. So just moving forward, Rich, when you look at, you know, now now that we've seen one game of this team, does it change your opinion at all? about what we were saying beforehand or, or what sort of takeaway do you take from this game that then maybe they can work on even going forward? 
No, it, it doesn't change a whole lot. I, I, like I said, once I think once the offense kind of got into its rhythm, and, and the other thing is they barely got the ball in the first half, so let's not forget that. It's, it's not like they just had a ton of opportunities and wasted them, so I think the first half was a little bit out of sync. Um, the second half looked more like a Rams offense to me, both in terms of style and effectiveness. Um, so I think you kind of check off that box and say, okay, they, ultimately they did uh, what they needed to do. And then the defense, it, it kind of reinforced things for me on, on both sides. I mean, you saw the potential of, of what it could be, uh, you know, with those with those defensive backs making making the plays that they did. Uh, you know, John Johnson we talked about and, and Marcus Peters with a great pick six. Um, so I, I think they, you know, they showed why everybody was so excited about that. On the flip side, I think they also showed, you know, a little bit of the potential weakness and, uh, you know, how you can beat them if you're able to match up a really good tight end or a really good running back. And, and by the way, one is coming to town next week. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see how they handle David Johnson. Um, so you, you can see maybe how teams are going to try to attack them. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see if, if Wade Phillips can kind of counter that a little bit and uh, come up with a way to kind of slow those tight ends or those over the field, over the middle of the field uh, passes while still, you know, keeping the clamps down on the receivers. So I think there's a little bit of work there to be done, and that we'll be curious to see kind of uh, how they adjust in, in the next couple of weeks. My only prevailing thought uh, after this week was that I, I'm actually a little glad I don't have to hear about the. Sean McVay, John Gruden relationship again for a while. Yeah, me too. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I'm we're... glad we got rid of that one. Really. Nice story. I'm not pooping yeah. it. I mean, it's it's a great. Those guys really do like each other, and they've done a lot for each other. But it's like, oh man, you know, I, I really was kind of happy to get it out of the way during the first week. And you know what? I bet you McVay and Gruden feel exactly the same. Yeah, it seemed like towards the end they were sick of answering questions about each other. So I yeah. I, I can't blame yeah. them. Uh, quick, Rich, before we uh, let you go, let's do a quick lightning round uh, from okay. this past week and then, then looking ahead. Uh, just give me a quick answer. No need to explain much more than maybe a sentence. Uh, so first off, uh, MVP from last night. Um, I'd have to say Marcus Peters. You know, just uh, not only the pick six, but like you said, he, he helped – really uh, kind of forced the, the Raiders offense. You know, they weren't able to get the ball to Amari Cooper. And uh, really, you know, in the end, I, I think they became a little one-dimensional. And a lot of that was because of Marcus Peters. Thinking about changing my Twitter avatar to that, the the still shot of, of him jumping into the end zone. I, I'm considering yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> position group that surprised you the most? Uh the fact that we didn't see anything from the tight ends, not a single target, I don't think. And, and Tyler Higby took almost all of the snaps. We almost saw nothing out of Gerald Everett. It surprised me, but maybe it's one that uh, Sean was keeping in his back pocket. Speaking of Sean, uh, grade Sean McVay. What do you think? Week one. Sean McVay himself, uh, I would actually say B minus. I did not, uh, uh, you know, what we talked about, I think he gets a little out of sync, especially when he trails early. Uh, But I I think he brought it back. And, uh, you know, by the end of the game, I I think he was right on track. So maybe a B or a B minus. If Wade Phillips were to sell his goat's blood, how much would it go for a retail? Oh, I, I think you could, you know, I think $100 a vial easily. I mean, what coach, what coach in America would not want to buy Phillips goat blood? A little side note, just for people who didn't see the quote, Aqib Talib said, right. 
that uh, Wade Phillips has goat's blood in his veins. Uh, right. he yesterday, is, he, he's a goat. His daddy was a goat. He's got goat blood. <laughs> and like I said on Twitter, it sounds like something Ray Lewis was suspended for taking. <laughs> That's right. uh, and <laughs> uh, that, then Rich, last lightning round question: What's the line for next week against the Cardinals in your in your head? I'm oh, sure you haven't looked at it yet, or have you? That's a great question. No, I have not looked at it. Um, I'm going to say like 6.5. 12 and a half. No, that's too much. 12 and a half. I mean, the Cardinals looked pretty bad in week one. Right. Um, that said, I that's oof, I don't know. I don't like betting on anything. Uh, if you're looking to bet on the Rams game for next week, it's that's a tough bet to take. Almost two and, touchdowns. And I, that's not against the Rams because I looked at the Raiders line and thought, "Wow, that's way too low." I think it, I don't know what it ended up at when I, when I saw it. I think it was four point five or five, and I thought I would take the Rams in a heartbeat. Uh, but twelve point five, whoo! Wow, that's that's a uh, that's quite a that's quite a total. Yeah, Rams Raiders actually closed at four and a half, and yeah. uh, funny enough, I put it as my best bet this week in my NFL column, so that worked out. I'm at least one and zero in that, which is. Better than my record last year, basically picking games. So, <laughs> well, Rich, we are one game in the books. Another game next week. Now, I'll actually be in in Michigan for a wedding, so I'll uh, I'll be missing somehow. I'm missing the first two weeks of the season in terms of actually going to games. So, I don't know how that works being an NFL writer, but I am not going to complain about it. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure you'll encounter lots of happy people to talk about the Lions, so you, you can look forward to that. I uh, don't know what you're talking about. I don't know of this team, the, the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, Rich, thanks for joining us. One week in the books. We'll be back next Monday, and hopefully every Monday after that, uh, bringing you a recap of the game and, and talking about the weeks to come. Until then, you can follow Rich Hammond at Rich underscore Hammond on Twitter. You can follow me at Ryan underscore Karchi. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>